So tonight we are in part three of a series we've been in called Guaranteed Ways to Ruin Your Life. And uh, we've been talking about, or will eventually at the end of the series, which will be next week, talk about four things, four things that you and I should avoid like the plague because they will ruin your life. Uh, Week one, we talked about pride and I thought that was helpful uh, because especially because I struggle with pride. So I feel like God was convicting me as I was preaching. And then last week we had a really honest conversation about comparison and the detriment that is to you and to me and to everybody around us. And if you haven't um, caught up or you've missed either of those, I could not encourage you enough to go back and check out um, those messages, however you like to do that. But tonight, as we continue, um, I've kind of had this one circled um, in this series, like when we decided last year that we we're going to do this series. Uh, this was the one that I wouldn't say that I was maybe most excited about, but I really, really do believe that the thing we're going to talk about tonight, even if it might not feel like it immediately, I believe has the potential to do the most destruction in your life if we let it. I think this conversation is that big. And it's why I was so excited to talk about it. In fact, before I knew what any of the other three weeks were were going to be about, this one was already in the lineup. The the thing that is guaranteed to ruin your life and mine, if we let it, is friends in the wrong places. Friends in the wrong places. I want to talk about your friendships tonight. I want to talk about the people closest to you tonight, people that have the greatest amount of influence in your life. I mean, our friendships are almost everything, especially, you know, you get into college and, 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 and you're away from your family, you're away from home, and, and you live with your friends, you're doing life with your friends. I mean, they're, they're everything, they're everywhere as it should be. And so tonight, I want to take an honest look at some of those friendships, but I want to define what friends I'm talking about, okay? Because, you know, this you've got different layers of friendships, you know, you've got some friends that are like, BFFs, and then some that are just like, can't remember your name, but so I'll call you bro till I do, you know, like one of the, but they're a friend, but, but not really. We got these different levels and different layers of friendships. And so um, these chairs here um, tonight will kind of represent what I mean. I want to talk to you tonight about your inner circle. And I don't mean like your clique. I mean like the people in your life that are closest to you. So this tonight, this middle seat represents you. And, and, and these two seats here represent your inner circle, the, the people that are closest to you, like the people that you would love to go on a road trip on, you know what I'm saying, like those kinds of friendships, uh, the people that you would consider your best friends, uh, like your ride or die crew, the people closest to you, the people that you would say you do life with, the people that you trust with sensitive information, the people you go to for advice, the people that you have out of control group texts with, like those people. I wanna talk about those people tonight. And, 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 and the number doesn't matter. You might be like, hey man, got more than two, bro. Um, you know, or you're like, I have one. That's fine. The number isn't important. What is important is the position that these people have in your life. The massive amount of influence that these people have in your life. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you, and I'm not mad about it, are immediately getting a little defensive. Like, okay, I didn't know I brought my mom to college with me, talking to me about my friends. You know, like I I thought I left that at home. Or maybe it's your first time visiting and you're like, well, you said that this place was cool and now he's gonna tell me my friends are bad. You know, like, I get it. 
If that's where you're at and you're thinking you, you want to be defensive about it, and I get it, I totally get it, but I just need you to stick with me because my, my goal isn't to tell you that your friends are bad. It's way bigger than that. And then maybe there's some of you, though, you're not necessarily being de- defensive, but maybe you're just being dismissive. Like, ah, Sam, I get it. Cool, trust me, bro. I've been to church for a long time. I've heard the friends talk. This is not that big a deal. Like, I can be friends with anybody. Like, I'm a really good Christian. I'm really strong in my faith. Like, I'm a rock, bro. Like, it doesn't matter who my friends are. Like, it, it, come on, is it really that big of a deal? It's not that huge. Like, does it really matter who my friends are? If you're in either of those camps, I just need you to stick with me for just a few minutes because I, I want to create a little bit of space for you to evaluate who might be sitting in those seats. And tonight, I hope you leave here with a clear understanding of why it matters who is sitting in those seats. I hope you leave with a clear understanding of the characteristics of the type of people that should be sitting in those seats and, and, and the characteristics that you should reflect in order to be the type of person that should sit in one of those seats. So if you want to be defensive or dismissive, I get that. But here's why this conversation is so important. Because your friendships are a powerful force. Some of you are like, bro, I know. <laughs> She's crazy, but I love her, right? Like I, but here's what you need to understand. Your friendships are powerful. In fact, aside from God, outside from God, I would argue that your friendships are the most powerful force in your life. A force Physics defines a force as an interaction that when unopposed will change the motion of an object. It will change the direction of an object. It will change the shape of an object. It'll change the trajectory of an object. You and I are the object and our friendships, those closest to us are the force. That the force of your friendships and the force of my closest friends it will change the direction of our lives. That the force of your closest friends, and I'm telling you, it will shape you into someone. The, the force of your friendships has the potential to change dramatically even the trajectory of your life and of mine. Here's the, the crazy thing about it though. Your friendships have that kind of power, but they were designed to have that kind of power. They were designed to be that kind of force. In fact, God intended them to be that kind of force in your life and in mine. But what determines whether or not that change is a good one, whether or not that determines that direction that that force causes is a good one, what determines whether or not that trajectory that you're on and I'm on as a result of these friendships is a good one or the shape that we're taking is a good one, what determines whether or not it is leading to God's best for our lives or detrimental in ruining our lives is who is sitting in those seats. It's a massive conversation. And, and I'm convinced that I don't need to convince you of this, but sometimes we just need to be reminded of this, that your closest friends have way more to do with who you are becoming and where you are going than we tend to realize or regularly give credit enough to. That your closest friends have more to do with who you are becoming and where you are going than we often admit or that we often forget how much influence they have. And you've experienced this on like a harmless level. We all have. And when I was in in seminary, I had three roommates. Love them. 
we're still really close today. Uh, in fact, I got two of them coming in town in February to visit. But all of them were international students. One of them named Jermaine. He was born in St. Martin. Gareth was born in Northern Ireland. And Pete was born in Australia. So I was the only one without an accent. I was the only American. I was the only American citizen. And all of them had accents. And they sound way cooler than I did. That like the way that they talked and certain words that they said. And do you know what started to happen? I didn't try to. I started to sound like them. Not nearly as cool. It actually sounded dumb because I'm not good at their accents. But I would start ending my sentences with an inflection. I would start ending questions on and up. And I never realized it until I went home. I never realized it until my mom was like, why are you talking like that? I'm like, well, what do you mean? You know? And she was like, right there, you did it. I stopped saying bro for a season and called people mate. Like, who am I? <laughs> Just because that's what, they, that's what it is. That's what Garrett would call me. And so I, I called him mate right back. And so I just called everybody. I mean, I'm not kidding. Over a year, about a year or so into me working here, I had, I was, I used to share an office with a guy and he said, hey, have you ever noticed how sometimes your voice does this weird thing like you're English? I'm like, yeah, so I had these roommates. I mean, it took me forever to get over it, Totally. Right, like we've experienced that. We've experienced our friends rubbing off on us in a harmless way. And I started to sound like them because of the amount of time I spent with them. I started to sound like them because we did everything together. I started to sound like them because I was the only one with a car and I drove them everywhere. I started to sound like them because we served together at church. Like, duh. And you've experienced a level of this too. Like there are phrases that you say or words that you use and you never used them, but your, your friends started using them or ways that you dress or things that you listen to. Like you rub off on each other in a way that just kind of makes you look really, really similar and you just roll with each other. That happens to all of us. However, that rubbing off can be a lot more significant than we give credit for because it's not always harmless. Because come on, you know this. The people closest to you, the people that have the most influence in your life, like what'll start to happen is you'll begin to value what they value. Like what'll start to happen is you'll start to think in some ways the way that they think. You'll start to prioritize in some ways the way that they prioritize. You'll start to even believe in some ways that they believe about things. You'll start to talk like they talk. You'll maybe even begin to evaluate things in your life the way that they evaluate things in your life. That isn't necessarily a bad thing. It can go one way or the other, depending on who is sitting in those seats. And isn't it so, have you ever noticed this? Have you ever noticed that when you spend any kind of time or significant amount of time with somebody that really likes to gossip, there's something in you that just kind of tends to gossip a little bit more with that person, even though gossip isn't really your thing? You notice that? Have you ever noticed that when, like maybe you're just a positive person typically, but have you ever noticed that when you spend a significant amount of time or maybe somebody in your inner circle or people you do life with just is on a negative spout, all of a sudden it's like everything in your life is negative that you start to get a little bit more negative. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that if someone in kind of, that you do life with or that you're spending a significant amount of time with is overly sarcastic all the time and at first it annoyed you, but then you started finding yourself becoming a little bit overly sarcastic and you weren't really sure where it was coming from? Or have you ever spent any amount of time with somebody or did life with somebody that wasn't very careful with their words and consistently and constantly used profane and bad language and you were never that kind of person but then all of a sudden you just kind of let them fly a little bit easier? Like even in front of your mom and you're like, uh, where'd that, where'd that, where'd that come from? I don't know, maybe you're not the partying type 
But for whatever reason, you've spent enough time with this friend and it just made it a little bit easier to go do that because they went with you and for whatever reason are with them, it's just easier to, to, to do it. Where did, that, where did that come from? Our friendships are so powerful. Our friendships are powerful that they can even override our conscience and our personal convictions. That's why they matter. That's why I want to have a conversation around who you are surrounding yourself with. And for some of you, you might be like, man, I've got great friends, bro. Like if you knew who I had sitting here, you would even give the pastor stamp of approval. They're awesome. Well, I hope you feel challenged tonight that maybe you're not maximizing these amazing friendships to the fullest potential that God designed them to be in your life. They matter because they're a force. And the Apostle Paul 1 Corinthians 15, 33, and he says, he says, do not be misled. Don't be confused. Don't get it twisted, is how we might say it today. Bad company corrupts good character. This is what it does. Bad company corrupts good character. That the company you keep, the people you do life with, it matters. And to deny it and to ignore it is naive and dare I say, foolish. In fact, Solomon, the wisest person that ever lived, he wrote this in Proverbs 13, 20. I've grown up on this verse. He said this, he says, walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. I love how the message paraphrases this verse. Become wise by walking with the wise Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Walk with the wise and become wise. But man, hang out with fools, surround yourself with fools, and you will ruin your life. Here's what Solomon is saying. Are you ready? Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. You show me who you are consistently surrounding yourself with and I'll show you, I'll project to you who you are going to become. You show me who you are consistently surrounding yourself with and who is speaking into your life and who you are doing life with and I will show you where you are headed. It's not a threat. It's conventional wisdom. It's a predictable outcome. Show me your friend, Solomon says, and I'm telling you, you don't have to believe me, but I'm, I'm telling this because you need to believe me and I will show you your future, that idea of walking with someone, to walk with someone, it's to do life with them. It's to, 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 to speak into each other's life, to be there for each other. Like you, like, it's like your person. And so what he's saying, when you walk with a wise person, what is a wise person? A wise person isn't like a perfect person. A wise person even isn't necessarily somebody that's older than you. But you know what a wise person is? A wise person is someone that at least most of the time is able to think before they act. Like a wise person is somebody, at least most of the time, that understands that decisions now actually impact later. A wise person is somebody who, at least most of the time, is comfortable or at least able to have difficult conversations, even if it's hard or uncomfortable. Uh, that a wise person is somebody who is concerned with the truth, not just with what they think. A wise person is someone who is not set in their own way and thinks that they are always right. A wise person, especially in our context, is someone who has reverence for God and takes their cues from Jesus. When you walk with that kind of person, 
He's saying you're gonna, you're gonna become that kind of person. That you're gonna grow in wisdom. A very general term as Solomon uses it. And do you know why that should matter to you? Do you know why you wanna become that kind of person? Because wise people experience less regret. They just do. Wise people have more fulfilling relationships because they handle them better and with more respect and with more love. That wise people experience greater intimacy with God. We talked about this, I think, in week one, but the beginning of, of, the beginning of, of, of wisdom is the fear of God. That wise people understand who God is. Wise people experience more joy and freedom. Say, hey, listen, who you hang out with is who you are going to become. Who you do life with, it's going to rub off on you in a very significant way. And, and foolish people, isn't it so interesting? He says that for a companion of fools, he doesn't say they become foolish. It's worse than that. A companion of fools suffers harm, like suffers harm personally. Like parts of your life, if not your life, will be ruined. Like you are heading down a path that you don't want to head down. You're gonna become a person you don't want to become. Because look, I'm, I'm not calling anybody foolish. I'm just telling you what a foolish person does. A foolish person, they have no regard for other people. Do you have any friends like that? Or close friends like that? Like foolish people, they have a limited scope of thinking. Like they don't look at the big picture and see that now impacts later. Like, like foolish people are way more likely to act immaturely. Uh, foolish people, they're not really concerned with the truth. They might be more concerned with fun than truth. They might be more concerned with opinion than truth. That foolish people will often prioritize now at the expense of later. And foolish people, especially in the context that Solomon is talking about, they don't take Jesus seriously. Don't, they don't take the ways that God has called us to live seriously. And a companion of fools, he says, man, it's going to harm you. Your life will fall to pieces. It's going to ruin your life. You know why? In fact, some of you, just being honest, don't elbow anybody, but you've experienced this. Because doing life with those kinds of people, it's gonna create more problems in your life. Like doing life with those kinds of people is gonna create more regret in your life. Doing life with those kinds of people, it's gonna to lead to more broken relationship. It's gonna to lead to more complication in your life. And ultimately, it's gonna to lead to a stagnant faith and a stunted relationship with Jesus. Because your friendships, the people that are closest to you, they are a powerful force in your life, good, and or, good or bad, and it depends on who is sitting there. And if I could sum up what Solomon is saying, I would say it like this. Your friends... I shouldn't say it, I would say it like this because I didn't make this up, I'll get to that in a minute. But your friends will determine the quality and the direction of your life. Your friends, the people that you're closest to, your inner circle, like your crew, your people, they will determine the quality and the direction of your life. This is a principle that even if you don't wanna believe it's true, it doesn't make any sense to do that because a principle, it's almost like a law of nature. It's a law of the world and this principle is going to win out. You ever been to the beach and you're like hanging out in the water and the girls are tanning and you're trying to be all athletic with a tennis ball, you know, thinking you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you're diving and think you look way cooler than it actually looks from the beach, you know? 
And then, and then, and then you're just you're swimming. You're having fun. You're you're jumping. You're trying to jump over the waves, and you're throwing a football. And then after 20 minutes, you look up, and you're like, "Where did where did my spot go? Like that's not my hotel." When you were younger, it was like, "Mom, you know, like what happened? You didn't feel it. You weren't moving from side to side. How did you get there?" The current moved you. The current changed your direction. The current changed your position, even though you did not feel it, even though you did not intend for it. And then you looked up with some perspective and thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is not where I need to be. That's how these friendships will work in your life. That they will move you and you won't even know it. That they will shape you and you won't even realize it until one day you'll look in the mirror and think, who did I become? You'll look up and get in perspective and think, how did I get here? You'll be stuck in the middle of a mistake and you're thinking, how in the world did I get here? You will find yourself into some complication and think, how did I get here? Well, it's because those friendships, that inner circle moved you and you did not realize it until it was too late. And this is so personal for me. Told you I didn't write this, I didn't make this up. In fact, I read this in a book by our senior pastor, Andy Stanley, when I was in high school. And my youth pastor at the time drilled it into my head and into my heart. And for whatever reason, I believed it. I am living proof that this principle is true. You're like, ah, I don't believe in the Bible, Solomon, okay, whatever. okay, fine, your prerogative. I'm standing here because this principle is true. Like if you were to listen to my story in high school and college, I had my moments where I was dumb. Okay, Um, but I got out relatively unscathed, not with no regret and not with things that I wish I could go back and do differently and not some things that I'm so grateful for the grace of God in my life, but I got out relatively unscathed. And do you know why? Because I believed that statement to be true. I got out relatively unscathed because I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to to have the right people in the right space in my life, that I had the right people in these positions in my life and I took it seriously and I invested in the right relationships. I made sure the right people were sitting here. Like I had people in my life that really loved me. Like I had friends in my life that were willing to challenge me and speak truth to me and not just tell me what I wanted to hear. I had people in my life, friends in my life that checked in on me. I had friends in my life that wanted to spur me on to follow Jesus. I promise you, I did not get out relatively unscathed because I was a really good Christian. I was not a sheltered boy growing up and it certainly wasn't because I'm a rule follower. Ask my wife about that one even today. I got out relatively unscathed because I had the right people sitting here and here. I had a guy like Miles that I talked about last week who were there to ask me difficult questions. I had a guy like Ben Ramsey who stood next to me at my wedding and we talked earlier on the phone today that I lived together in college and he continued to spur me on to be the best version of myself. It's because I had a guy like Kyle Wilson that I was texting with earlier this morning who was there to be an encourager and speak life into me. It's because of a guy like Eugene that I had breakfast with on Monday who was a little bit older than me by a year, year and a half and he was always somebody that I could look to and someone that spoke life and belief 
teeth into me and had hard conversations with me. It was because I thankfully, by the grace of God, built an unbelievable relationship with my little brother and he got to sit in one of these seats and he always brought out the best in me. It was not because of me. It was not because I was special. It was not because my faith was solid. No, no, it was everything because God put these people here and I leaned in. And I did not underestimate the force that friendships had on my life, and I'm so grateful that that's the case. You know, one of my greatest fears for my daughter, I've got a lot of fears, I need to give these to the Lord, but this one is at the top of the list. One of my greatest fears for my daughter, who is 17 months old. Anyone that doesn't want to be her friend is an idiot, but um, she's so cute. I get mad at people. We're in the grocery store, and she waves, and they don't wave back. I'm like, bro, who are you? Like, <laughs> did you see that ponytail, and did you see that wave? Wave at my daughter, please, you know? I'm not kidding. I judge people. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not inviting you to church. Um, <laughs> actually, opposite. I'm definitely inviting you to church, because you got a problem. Okay, sidetrack. So my... One of my greatest fears for my daughter is that she would have the wrong people in these spots. It makes me sick if I think about it too much. It makes me sick to think about maybe there is the potential that she's gonna have the wrong people here and here. And it freaks me out. And it's gonna put me on my knees praying and asking God that he would bring the right people into her life at the right time and that she would lean in because I just know how detrimental it can be and will be if we ignore it and let the wrong people sit here or fail to lean into the right people that are sitting here. And I don't want that for her and I don't want that for you. I wanna show you Another way that this proverb actually plays itself out. That's why I need, um, I've got a few guys that are gonna come up here and help me. You guys come on up. Uh, I've got three friends here. Give them a round of applause. Come on up, come on up, yep. So here's how this works. So we've got Simeon come up here with the beard game real strong. We've got Matt with the cool glasses. I hope they're real. Prescri okay, better be prescription. Uh, he said fake. And I got Nova here with the beanie. Okay, so um, these guys are friends in real life. That's great. Um, but, but here's how this proverb also plays out. Because um, we talked about, hey, your friendships, man, this is gonna determine who you are becoming, but also where you are going and you can't fight it. And so... Um, Fellas, uh, thank you for, here's what we're gonna do. There's a reason I got guys, because I didn't wanna mess with a girl's belt loop. Um, so if you could uh, tie that around, here, no, this is what we'll do. I'm just like, That's okay, yeah, yeah. that's okay. Yep, this is great, there we go, just like this. So Matt, there we go, we should have practiced this. Uh, no, we're doing great, so bring that through that belt loop and then connect it, yeah, it was great. Um, Noah, here, same thing. Does your skinny jeans have belt loops? Okay, good, okay, cool. Um, so that's great, so we're gonna tie that around right there. Matt, do the same thing on the other side. Uh, here, bring that through, there you go. Okay, that's great, cool. Um, that's great, y'all buckled in? Okay, fantastic, cool. So we're gonna play a little bit of a game and it's called Do What I Say, okay, really simple. Um, so Simeon, um, just you, if you don't mind, Matt and Noah, if y'all just kids stay still, that'd be great, just don't move. Simeon, um, can you just come, just come over here for a second? Yeah, just, just for a second, just, uh, okay. Oh, what? Oh, did your Jesus break? I, I had a feeling. Wait, did your jeans break? Yeah, a little oh, bit. no, I broke his belt loop. Okay. <laughs> Um, 
cool. I don't want to break another one. Let's try again. If it breaks again, I got you. I'll, I'll buy you a new pair. Uh, wow, that's my bad. Yeah, try it again. Well, this illustration's going fantastic. I'm, um, never had a belt loop break before. Hey, no, maybe just get up sooner. Um, okay, uh, Simeon, could you come over, over here for a second? Yeah, just Simeon, okay. Uh, just Simeon, actually, if y'all, could, if y'all could just go back. No, Simeon, but you come over here. If you, oh, oh, you, okay, got it. Okay, you know what, we'll try. If y'all could just sit down, it's fine. Clearly, you don't understand how to take directions. Noah, if you could just, just Noah, please. Matt, seriously, sit. Matt, your glasses are cute. Okay, Simeon, okay, I appreciate it. Okay, well, your pants are, okay, we need to buy a new pants. Okay, you know what, it's fine. You guys can't do this. If you could just sit down, it's fine. Simeon, please, one more time. This is not that complicated. Matt and Noah, don't move. Simeon, please. Simeon, please. Please, Matt, stop it. Gosh, it's, what? You get the point. Here's what Solomon is saying. That who is sitting on your right and your left is important because here's what you are ultimately doing. You are tying yourself to the decisions of those closest to you. You are tying yourself to the direction of those closest to you. You are tying yourself to the trajectory of those closest to you. You are tying yourselves in so many ways to the beliefs of those closest to you. And you might think you're strong enough, you might think it won't happen, but just like in that current when you think that it won't, you look up too late and realize that it already did. Because here's what I want you to understand. As they go, you go. As they go, you go. You, and even if you fought it, you could only fight it for so long. And maybe you've got really weak belt loops and it will not affect you. <laughs> but it will. Because as they go, you go. Every single time. So if you can give them a round of applause, we can unhook you guys. That'd be great. Um, no, I really do feel bad about your jeans, so uh, let me get a price point on those and we'll talk about what I can do. Um, I'm just kidding. Thank you guys for, yeah. Still <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, these are strong, people. Yeah, I know. You just want to keep it at this point? Yeah, maybe just, uh, oh, there you go. Okay, give it up one more time for my friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's going to fall. I'll just go ahead and... Okay, um... Um, we're just real here, people. Um, as they go, you go. You can't fight this principle. Don't fight this principle. So I want you to take an honest look. Who are sitting in those seats for you? I told you I wanted to give you some characteristics that should define the people that are sitting in these seats. And so... I want you to take inventory as we kind of walk through some of the things that I'm convinced should be true of the people that you do life with. And if they are not, a yellow flag or even a red flag should be going off. Like the people that you are doing life with, the people that are sitting in those seats, they should be people or they should be a person that wants what's best for you, even if it's not convenient for them. That they want what's best for you even when it's not convenient for them, even when it's uncomfortable for them, even when another option would be easier for them, but they want what's best for you even when it's not convenient for them. Those are the kinds of people that you need to surround yourself with. And I want you to surround yourself with people that will tell you the truth even when it's hard. Red flags if you're surrounding yourself with people that tell you just what you want to hear. Like I want you to surround yourself with people that are not consistently connected to your biggest regrets. 
that some of you, you've got people sitting in these seats and they are consistently coming up in the bottom line of your regrets. I want you to surround yourself with people that will celebrate you even when there's not much to celebrate in their life. Like those are the kinds of people, the mutually life-giving relationships that you need. I want you to surround yourself with people that you share the same values with. Man, that's a big one. Like if you don't share the same values, if you don't wanna head in the right direction, what are you doing? Like if you wanna grow in your faith, you need to surround yourself with people that wanna grow in their faith. Like if you wanna grow as a leader, if you wanna step into God's purpose for your life, if, if you wanna grow in this particular gifting, man, you need to surround yourself with people that wanna spur that on. You've gotta surround yourself with people that have the same values as you. That your inner circle, your crew, you need to surround yourself with, um, with people that you wanna be like. And I don't mean that in a way that you lose your individuality. I mean, man, I want you to surround yourself with people that leaves you thinking, man, I, I would love if what's true about them is true of me. Like, man, the, the, the friend that they are, I wanna I want aspire to be that kind of friend. I mean, the kind of passion they have uh, for Jesus, like, I want that passion. Like, the kind of faith they have, like, I want, the kind of girlfriend or the kind of boyfriend they are, like, I want that in my life. And if the, if the people sitting around you, if there's nothing in them that inspires you to want to be anything like them, I want you to be asking some questions. Not in a judgmental way. Man, I hope you hear my heart behind this. That the people that are closest to you, they need to be people that love you more than they love their friendship with you. Because there will be times when a conversation might be had or they got to say something to you where it's going to put the friendship on the line, but they need to tell it to you even though it's hard because they love you. People that love the friendship more than the person will use silence as an excuse to keep the friendship alive. And sometimes silence will kill you because there's something that you need to know about that only they See, that you need to surround yourself with people that never make you feel less than or inferior. I mean, there's some of y'all that have friends that are part of your life, close to you, that make you feel less than consistently. Now, for some of you, you need, to, you need to surround yourself with people who are gonna believe in you and speak life into you. Like, they fill you up, they encourage you, and they believe in you. I want you to surround yourself with people that are gonna bring out the best in you, not the worst in you. I want you to surround yourself with the kinds of people that aren't going to make you feel like you gotta be somebody else to fit in. If you're connected to people where you consistently feel like, I can't be myself, I've gotta be somebody else, that's a flag. I want you to surround yourself with people that are gonna be okay with who you are. I want you to surround yourself with people that aren't going to judge you when you come to them to confess that you've messed up but are gonna be able to extend grace and are gonna love you and are gonna help push you in the right direction. I want you to surround yourself with people that are willing to sacrifice for you and maybe more than anything else, and if you're not a Jesus follower in the room, I get it, but for those of you that are, I want you to surround yourself with people that are gonna do whatever it takes to push you to Jesus. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament, one day I'm gonna preach on it because I love it so much. Mark chapter two, you've probably heard this. The, 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 this paralyzed guy, he's on a mat, he can't get anywhere. He, they hear that Jesus is in town and Jesus has taken over this house and there's no room left in this house. So this paralyzed guy, he gets four friends that pick up the mat and they bring it to the house that Jesus is in. But it's so packed out because Jesus shuts stuff down when he comes to preach. And so it'd be easy for them now, we're just gonna go back but they're like, no, that's not the kind of friends we are. 
So somehow they get this paralyzed man up on the roof and they start tearing through the roof. They put a hole through the roof. They stop everything going down below and somehow they lower this man on the mat. How, I don't know. It was probably like a one, two, three. You know, I don't know. But they got him to Jesus. Nothing stopped them because they knew that the only hope he had was they had to get him to Jesus. I want you to have the kinds of friends in your life that are gonna carry the mat and tear the roof off of the place to get you to Jesus. I want you to surround yourself with people that are gonna carry the mat and do whatever it takes and tear some roofs to get you to Jesus that are gonna point you to Jesus. So who's sitting here and here? Three things. Three things that I want you to consider doing as you evaluate who you've got beside you and where they're taking you and who you are becoming as a result. And the first is that for some of you, you need to find them. You need to find these friendships because you don't have any. Like the list I just went through, you're thinking, man, like I would love that. You need to find them. That maybe you've got some friendships like, and they're okay, But you need to find some friends. Maybe you've just been trying to do life alone and you need to know that you can't and you need to find them. Here's what I found about finding them. You run to the right places and you'll often run into the right people. If you run to the right places, you're often going to run into the right people. If you're running to this place, I know I'm biased, but I'm telling you, you are running to the right place to find the right people. In fact, for some of you, man, y'all have met somebody at dinner and y'all have exchanged numbers, but you're like, okay, whatever, yeah, it was cool meeting them. Or you keep running into the same person. Maybe there's somebody here that you need to find, that you need to connect with. For some of you, when we open small group registration this fall, you need to stop being scared about it and you need to commit to doing community with people that are like-minded, maybe not all the same beliefs, but trying to figure life and faith out together. You need to figure out how to find them. But I'm telling you, you plug into the right places. For some of you, man, I'm telling you, you start serving here You start serving here, you're gonna meet like-minded people. You start serving here, you're gonna meet other college students that are trying to figure life out. You start serving in in preschool ministry or transit or high school. I met some of my best friends in college because we served together at church. You run to the right places, you're gonna run run into the right people. Some of you need to find them. Please, please, please find them. Some of you, you need to make them. And by that, I mean this, that for some of you, you've got great people here. In fact, for some of you, you're so fortunate. I was reading through that list and you were thinking, man, yeah, like, I, like, I, like, like they're that person. Like I've got the right person here. So by make them, here's what I mean. You need to start taking these relationships a little bit more seriously. Like I want you to really start investing in these relationships, not just because it's fun, not just because you get each other, but I want you to allow God to maximize what he can do in your life through these friendships. So maybe you need to step up and lead out and say, hey, let's get a little serious about this. Like, like I love you, but I don't speak enough truth to you. We need to set aside time where I, we can start speaking truth to each other. Hey, I love you, man, but I've been holding back something that I've just got to tell you. Hey, 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 I love you, but I feel like our time could be a lot more intentional. Hey, how can we be more encouraging to each other? Hey, how can we spur each other on? For some of you, man, I, I want to encourage you. You got these friendships, that's great. I want you to ask the question, what might it look like to start taking them a little bit more seriously? And then the third thing is this. For some of you, you just might need to move them. You might need to move some people. Now, let me be very, very clear about this. By move them, 
I don't need move out. Like, I'm not telling you you need to call a friend that maybe needs to be moved, and you're like, hey, listen, so this college pastor said we can't be friends anymore. Here's his Instagram. It's not my fault, you know? Hey, listen, you know the living room. Yeah, that guy, Samer, yeah, he's a jerk. He said that you can't hang out with me anymore. Not my decision. I'm sorry. God told me. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Move them over. Don't move them out. If I had more chairs up here, I mean, you can kind of continue this process. You've got friends that you can be friends with that don't line up with everything that you believe. They just don't have the position of influence that other friends have. So I don't want you to move them out. I just want you to move them over. In fact, you will never hear me say here at TLR that you shouldn't be friends with people that don't believe the same as you believe, that you should never be friends with people that aren't Jesus followers. No, no, that's not biblical. In fact, if you don't have anybody in your sphere of influence that doesn't believe in Jesus, then you're doing it wrong. We're called to be light. We're called to be salt, okay? So you need to have relationships with people that need to know about Jesus, that need to know there's a better way. But what I'm saying is they don't need to have this position in your life. So I don't want you to move them out. No, no, no. I just want you to move them over. I want you to move them over and I want you to put somebody there that needs to be there for you. Here's the deal. This powerful force of these friendships, the wrong people in these seats, it's going to lead to your detriment and to your room. But I'm telling you, the right people in these seats will lead to fulfilling and healthy relationships that are gonna spur you on to become the person you wanna be and help take you where you want to go. So please, 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 I'm begging you, don't brush this off as a friendship talk because I meant it when I said it. Of all the things we'll talk about this series, I really think this one might be the one that could lead to the most destruction and you'll never outgrow it. In fact, the older you get, there just begins to be more at stake. Like I'm a husband now, I've got a daughter, I've got a job where my influence is my currency and my integrity and my character is what gives me that, 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 that influence. Like I would argue I need friends in my life to keep me on track now more than ever before. So it's not just a college thing. I wish our adults would talk more about the friends that they have in their lives because it matters. So don't overlook it, and please don't underestimate it. Heavenly Father, um, thank you that we can create a space or that you've given us a space to have some difficult conversations and have some helpful conversations. Father, I pray you would give the students in this room the courage uh, to navigate these conversations well, the courage to take inventory of the friends that they have in their lives and to figure out who needs to be moved what conversations need to be had to spur some things on. And Father, I pray you would help make connections in this space and throughout this semester for people that are looking for those kinds of life-giving relationships. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.